You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. Let's get into some housekeeping before we break into this actual episode. It's Wednesday, new episode of Queen City Pro Wrestling is out on YouTube. Link is in my link tree in my bio on Twitter and TikTok, which you can go and find and uh, you know follow, and and all of that. Um, we too deep four one three. That's we too deep four one three. W e t o o d e e p four one three. Um. So so yeah. So that that that's out a good episode there for you guys. Um. Again, if you guys aren't watching that, I I. I mean, I'm I'm gonna recommend it because I made it, but I, I actually, I mean, it's content that, uh, you know, I think it's really good. You know, I sit and actually, <laughs> you know, through the editing process, I think I sit and watch that the whole episode through. I know at least one full time through, if not more, just sitting and watching. You know, through editing everything, it's it's a good episode. Um. I want to hear some of y'all's feedback. If you are listen, or if you are watching Queen City Pro Wrestling, do you like it? Are you entertained by it? What are things you think I could do better? Um, so there's that. More housekeeping. Uh, tune in tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, to the Junkyard Media Group YouTube page. That's where I will go live with a bunch of friends. We'll. Uh, Talk some NFL football. We're, we're about to wrap up our NFL coverage for this offseason. We're about to get into college football. Um, and and because and uh, once the seasons actually start, our episodes are essentially just going to be like, here's what we thought of last week, here's what we think about what's coming up for these games, and here's our predictions, right? Um, but the offseason is, is, is more heavy on the NFL because – College off season is is um, very boring. There isn't a free agency. There is recruiting, but I'm not a big recruiter. Um, I I don't watch high school football, so I, I don't know jack shit about recruiting, right? But anyway, that's that, that that's Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. YouTube.com forward slash at Junkyard Media Group. Um, and then last housekeeping thing is last episode, I believe it was, I said that uh, I was getting started with the We Too Deep podcast. And more than likely it would be posted on Monday. Um, I decided, and this was, this, this was a decision that I made 
Um, and it's still sort of tentative uh, on what I do. What I will tell you is the We Too Deep podcast will be on Saturdays. Um, that Those will post Saturday night or some, sometime around Saturday. What I might actually do is the We Too Deep podcast to air Sunday morning. Um, the, the, the problem that I'm having is, is, is contemplating the amount of content I'm producing throughout the week. So, I mean, I'm not making money from this at the moment. Um, and it's, you know, I work a 40 hour job and then I come home and essentially do some sort of content creating. I'm not complaining. I love this. Like, I am absolutely thrilled to be able to do this. This is something that I've always wanted to do. I just wish it paid me some money, right? Um, if, if if I was able to live off of uh, podcasting and content creating, I would quit my job today without a doubt and, 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 and do this full time. Um, what I'm having an issue with though is, uh, so I'll, I'll sort of go over sort of like the schedule of how things happen, right? Um, typically I record the matches for Queen City Pro Wrestling on, on, on Saturday and then record, um, the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast Wednesday morning, um, and then do the commentary for Queen City Pro Wrestling Tuesday night. So it's record on Saturday, Queen City Pro Wrestling, record commentary and all the editing Tuesday night because I'm off of my normal job on Wednesday, and so I could stay up later in the night Tuesday night and do all the editing and posting all of that for Queen City Pro Wrestling to get that ready Right, and then Wednesday morning, or if I have time, Tuesday night is when I record sl- the Slapping Meat Wrestling podcast, right? And and then that goes out Wednesday, Thursday I have the Calling Audibles podcast, right? Friday I sort of take off, um, and then, but Friday night I don't actually take off. It's when I record the Saturday episode for the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast so that that's out Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Um, and then Saturday, I don't, you know, like, like I said, that's when I record, right? So Sunday and Monday are essentially the only two days off that I have from content creating in some form. Um, and so the figuring out the schedule. I'm not complaining at all. I need y'all to understand this is not a complaint. Um, I want to put out content that I know the viewers who watch and listen to what I put out um, want to listen to. Um, so suggestions, please give them. If you got things you want me to talk about, please give them. Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, about like four months ago, or, or more so the beginning of this year, I was like, I don't know what I want to talk about, right? I, I have a very hard problem, sort of, I don't have time throughout the week to sort of sit here and 
watch the wrestling news. Um, and so I have a hard time coming out with, with co- coming up with concepts and, and things to talk about throughout the week. And so people asking questions and giving suggestions and all of that stuff in our Discord pay, uh, group that I'm in helps me out so much. Um, I mean, it's gotten me literally, I would say, up to this point in the year, 90% of the episodes and what would be classified as season two are suggestions from the Discord in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so I do, first off, I want to say I do appreciate the listeners and the and the viewers of, of the stuff that I create. Um, the point of this is to say, more than likely, the We Too Deep podcast will be a weekend show, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm I'm leaning to it now that I'm talking talking through it, putting it out Sunday morning. Um, that's what I'm leaning to now. So you'll have, because because what I was contemplating before I talked it through, I never even considered Sunday today while I was thinking about what I was going to do with it. Never even considered putting. We do deep podcast on, on Sunday until I just said it right now. Uh, but what I was considering was one episode of the slapping meat wrestling podcast on Wednesday. And then the Saturday show for what would be here would then become the we too deep podcast. But then I th- thought here and said, well, that's not fair to the people who want to listen to the wrestling content. And so then I was going to say, okay, well, we'll put out, two episodes of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast like we typically do, we'll just add an episode of We Too Deep, and then we'll figure out how to get it done, right? Um, and and so we're going to go ahead and make this executive decision. We're going to pencil this in. This is going to be the schedule, and I like to have a schedule. If, you've, if you're planning on doing a, a podcast or if you have a podcast and you aren't actively scheduling that way you're listening, like you need to have a schedule, a set schedule um, for when your stuff will come out. Because if you don't, if you just say we're going to do an episode on this Monday and then we're going to wait two weeks and we're going to put it out on a Thursday, the, next, the audience doesn't know when to look for it, right? And so I tried to maintain this schedule. So here's what we're going to do, y'all. Um, Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast, Wednesday and Saturday, like it has been. Nothing changed. I try to get those out by 8 a.m. Uh, each morning. Um, of the, right Thursday's the Calling Audible podcast that I have already promoted. And with an executive decision, sat, uh, excuse me, Sunday mornings, you will get the We Too Deep podcast. Now, this will be on... YouTube to start, as well as Spotify and audio form to start. Um, And then we will, after the first episode is published, because of the host site is owned by Spotify, um, it used to be called Anchor, um, and now it's called like Podcasting by Spotify or something like that. Um, And essentially, when I first started using it with some of my original podcasts that don't exist anymore. Um, it was called anchor. It was right when it first came out on the app store. 
and they used to do all the distribution for you. They would distribute to Amazon, Google, uh, Apple. They would just do all your distribution for you. You had to do absolutely nothing. The only thing you had to do was record your episodes. Then Spotify bought it, and if you were grandfathered in through the distribution, they kept it, um, but any new podcast would auto-distribute to Spotify, but you had to do all the hard work to get get it on Apple and all that. It's a pain in the butt, um, and so once the first episode is posted on through that host site to go on audio, it will immediately go to Spotify and then I then that's when I can start the process to put it on Apple Podcast. But once I get that through, it will be on YouTube in video form, Spotify. Um, the cool thing with Spotify is you could put it in video form, so it will be in video form on Spotify as well. Um, and then it will be in audio form on um, Apple Podcast. Um, now with Spotify, if you don't know this. I'm pretty certain if you, you know, if you click on it, even though it's in video form on Spotify, it's still technically audio. I'm pretty certain Spotify lets you close the phone and and navigate different apps while it plays in the background. Anyway, that's what like way too long for housekeeping. Uh, let let's actually get into wrestling. That's what you're here for, right? Um, so. Today, I was thinking about what I, uh, or I was thinking Tuesday, what I was going to record for this episode. Um, work's been super hectic here the last few weeks, so I haven't really pre-planned anything out. And nothing has really happened um, in the wrestling world. Like, I'm not a big fan of doing like week-by-week reviews of the shows. Um... And so I was like, okay, now what the hell am I going to talk about? Um, and then I did the kayfabe episode, last episode. And I got some feedback from it, which I love. Um, but then um, there's a video. A video got posted in a Facebook group that I'm in that's based on wrestling. called. I think it's behind the curtain. We just call it the BTC at this point. Um, I've been a part of this group since 2019. It's a fantastic group. Um, And someone posted this video of MJF. And he was signing this guy's collectible figures. And he signed them. Now, you don't see him being handed the toy. So there, there is an argument that could be made that... Well, it could be made by people who are trying to defend MJF's actions here. Oh, well, maybe Tony gave those to him for him to, you know, to do this, to stay in character, and it's staged. No, he's signing this dude's figures, and then he's throwing them ac- across the room, and and then he makes fun of, like, a crying baby, which I have no problem with him making fun and mocking a crying baby, or if, uh, you know, I don't mind him doing promos and... and, and and being a heel that way. If someone wants to start gabbing with, with MJF, understanding he's in character, you get what he said. You get what you get when you come, right? That's part of the, um, what always makes me laugh is when someone goes to a wrestling show and they start gabbing 
with with a wrestler, and they and and then the wrestler comes back at them, and they it, it hurts their feelings, so they they sit there and complain the rest of the night. Oh, you hurt my feelings! No, you, you can't. You can't. If you can't receive it, don't dish it. Right? That's I've. That's always my my rule with that. Um, I'm fine with him sort of like mocking the baby or, or doing promos, but if I come to you and I pay you to sign my $30 action figures and you throw them across the room, we are going to have a problem. That goes from being in character to you cross the line into disrespect at that point. And and then, and then people who try to justify this would be like, oh, well, just, you know, if you're trying to sell the collectibles, you could just, like, show them the video or... or put a QR code in the box or, or tape it to the box when you sell it. And, and that's all the not, not for the not trying to justify this type of behavior. I don't care about kayfabe that enough for you, for me to justify someone being rude. You can be a heel. You can even be like, I understand MJF's character. He's a dickhead. That's what he's, that's what he's supposed to be. But you could do that without damaging somebody's personal property, right? If I bought $30 action figure, now it'd be one thing if it's like a $4 action figure, right? But action figures for wrestling cost like $30, especially for AEW, they're $30 a piece. And you're going to sign it, which makes it more valuable and then you're going to throw it across the room like it doesn't mean anything. I don't know, right? And so I got I saw this post and I commented and I said, look, there's being a heel and then there's being disrespectful. This is disrespectful. And someone commented, well, he's just keeping kayfabe alive. And so I got in this discussion about, you know, I was saying kayfabe's not alive anymore. Right, y'all, y'all know my stance on it. I'm going to go a little bit into it with what happened, because the, with this happening, my comment or, or my content, what I was going to put in this episode was, um, you know, talking about gatekeeping in the wrestling community, because I really feel that the wrestling community, as does other, you know, other communities, there's a lot of gatekeeping in the communities. Um, with that being said. And that was what I was going to talk about, and I really didn't know what I was going to say. And that's because I was just going to tell a story and then probably going to rant. But I don't really have a rant anymore about gatekeeping. I think it's stupid. I'll say this one thing about it. If if you've watched wrestling for 30 years or if you've watched wrestling for 10 years, like I've literally only really paid attention since 2014, right? Um, and so I have less than 10 years experience. If you've watched for 30 years, that doesn't make you a better fan. Um, I feel like there's this correlation that people, I've been cheering for my team for 25 years. You've only cheered for this team for four. That doesn't make you a better fan at all, right? Fandom is, is not based on length. It's based on like passion and and, and, you know, that, t- you know, how, if I'm a fan 
am I passionate about my team, whether I've liked them for a year or liked them for 25, right? So, so I really don't have much more to say. In any community you're in, stop gatekeeping. It needs to stop, right? Just because you've watched for 25 years doesn't mean you know more about the business than me. What people don't understand is when I am passionate about something, I may not be the most, you know, active fan. And what I mean by active is like, I love music. You will never see me at a concert. I hate concerts. I think they're stupid. I don't understand them. They're a waste of money. If I, right, I can listen to the same songs without having to be in a crowd of drunken fools and can have a very good time. I just don't understand the idea of going to concerts. I don't understand it at all. Right? But I love music. I love, I have favorite artists Morgan Wallen, Hardy. Uh, there's a guy named Randall King. If you're in the Texas country, Randall King, Jake, Jake Worthington, guys like that, bam. I have, you know, favorite rappers. Um, Tom McDonald is, is one of them. NF. Uh, shit, what, what's his name? Um, Adam Calhoun. There's a lot of, y- y'all probably don't know a lot of them. Um, I, I have guys that I listen to. You will never see me at their concert. You will never see me at a concert ever again. I've been to concerts before. I I just don't enjoy myself in that type of atmosphere. Um, actually, the last concert I remember going to, if I can be honest, now this is more of the pop culture side, but the last concert I, I think I remember going to was 2016, I want to say, and it was Tori Kelly. Now, if y'all know me, and it, or if you don't know me, y'all need to understand, Tori Kelly is like my, like, until she got married, like, I, I had the biggest crush on her. I have this sort of rule, though, that once a celebrity gets married, I I don't really have a crush on them anymore. I, I don't I just, I don't know. It's weird. Um... I still think she's like, she's beautiful. Absolutely. But like just her voice, her, her, she, Tori Kelly's fucking fantastic. But I think that's the last concert I remember going to. And while I enjoyed being at a Tori Kelly concert, I did not enjoy the experience because first off, it's not my scene. The like clubbing and stuff like that is it's not my scene but this was at uh here in Charlotte at the underground which is owned by F- the Fillmore I think um it's a small ass venue a uh, f- fucking smallest shit and we had like 10,000 people packed in this thing and you you were all like shoulder to shoulder which is already like I'm claustrophobic at at some points you know, and it's hot, and, and, and like I said, I enjoyed the music, but the experience of being at the concert, like, I just, it, it wasn't worth the money that I spent to go there, because it's just not my scene, now, if it's your scene, that's cool, right, but here, here's the point that I'm trying to make, um, I mean, I, first off, 
I don't even remember where the fuck I got from this rabbit trail. Like, so, so this rabbit trail that I'm on where I sort of started telling a story and it made no fucking sense and you're confused and now I'm confused as to where I was going with it. This is how I felt with the Bray Wyatt story. We're going to bring this back to wrestling. This is how I felt with the Bray Wyatt story. Um, but let's bring it back to wrestling. Cause I'm not going to talk about gatekeeping. The only thing I'll say about it is don't do it. It, there's no, you, you're not a better fan because you've watched longer. Uh, and I, I've gone into that before. Um, but what I do want to talk about first off is Tuesday's episode of NXT. And I want to just talk about NXT in general, but we'll end with that. The, um, the topic that I want to talk about, I went on our discord again and I was like, okay, I was scrolling through the different channels trying to find. Um, what I wanted to talk about, and I was wanted to see if anybody had posted any questions that I just that I missed or d- didn't recognize. A lot of times I write them down, um, and and there's one that I did miss. It was posted a couple days ago. Um, I'm about to pull it back up real quick. All right, so the question comes in here, and it's he basically says, I've got a topic for your guys' next podcast, because uh, I'm not the only podcaster in this in this Discord, by the way. Notorious Nerdy D does it as well. Check out the Casual Community uh, YouTube page and now the Nerdy D Show YouTube page. Go subscribe to both of them. Uh, um, and so this question says, I'd love to hear your opinions and takes on the comparisons of what Roman Reigns is doing right now versus the Undertaker streak. I'm also curious to know if you think when Roman does finally lose, will it garnish an even crazier... Um, I think it means, would it garner... I don't know. I'm not... A, I, I sucked at English. My vocabulary is so fucking small to what probably a normal human's is. I don't know words, to be honest. But will it garnish a crazier reaction than the Undertaker's or... Or similar. Um, I believe Roman is twenty-eight and O during this run. Taker streak was twenty-one and O before it ended. Um, Taker's was obviously over a twenty-two year span, and Roman's is just over two years. Um, and so, I find the question to be interesting. In a point that I'm not big on uh, in the Twitterverse and and all of this. But I've never actually seen anyone compare the two streaks. And so the fact that someone does, that's a high-level thinker, right, to ask this question. I'll be completely honest. Like, I'm going to start with a compliment to the guy who asked the question. Mike, you're a high-level thinker to, to, to put these two things together. With that being said, thinking about this question... I don't think they're anywhere close to being similar, right? I don't think we can compare Roman Reigns' 28-0 run versus a 21-0 WrestleMania streak. And here's why. Undertaker wrestled and won at 21 straight WrestleManias. This is like going... To the Super Bowl, twenty-eight or excuse me, twenty-one times, 
and never losing, right? So in that sports analogy, it would be like saying, um, I'm trying to think of a crazy stat. Um, we'll go with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have never lost in the Super Bowl era to the New York Jets. I don't. I think that's an actual stat, by the way. Um, the Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl era, in the regular season, right? That statistic, and I think it's up to like 12 or 13 games at this point, if not more. Um, um, but that statistic, and then when you say, well, can you compare that, that run versus... Tom Brady being in the Super Bowl, right? And it's a bad analogy, um, but my point is, you. I don't think you can, like, let's do uh, Jordan versus LeBron, right? Everyone likes to say, well, uh, LeBron's the best because he has this amount of rings, this, that. He's like, what, four and six in the finals, though, and I don't think Jordan ever lost the finals, Right, um, or if he did lose one, it was only one that I can remember. But granted, I'm not the biggest historian of NBA. Right, so my point is, Roman Reigns is 28 and 0, which is a a big streak over two years to never lose. But to compare that to Undertaker going to the Super Bowl 21 straight years, and that is what WrestleMania is. It is the biggest spectacle in the business, whether it's WWE, whether it's AEW, New Japan, Triple A, uh, ZCW, GCW, any of your local indie shows, Impact, ROH, name any promotion that has ever existed, will ever exist. No event will ever be better than and of more importance to the wrestling industry than WrestleMania is. And for Undertaker to go to 21 straight of them and win, there is no streak in the history of the business that I think will be more important than the Undertaker streak. I don't, right? And so my comment on the sort of, on people comparing them is I don't think they're comparable. Um, at all, by any means, I don't think it's a comparable thing to, to compare Roman Reigns versus Undertaker's WrestleMania streak, because it's, it's one thing to say you went 21 and 0 or 28 and 0 like Roman has, right? But it's another thing to say is that for 21 straight years at the biggest event in the industry, I won a match against the biggest names in the industry, Right, I mean, you're talking about he's beaten guys of the likes of Shawn Michaels, C, uh, CM Punk, tri- pretty sure he beat Triple H twice, Randy Orton, Edge, you know, Kane. He's beaten some of the biggest superstars in the business during his career. And... He's done it at the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. So Roman's 
run right now is fantastic. But let me just be completely honest with you. If you take away the bloodline story, the run is mid. And I'm the biggest Roman Reigns fan that, that I know of. And I'll sit here and say this. If you remove the bloodline storyline, this storyline sucks. If you remove the drama of the bloodline, the run sucks. Because what I've watched and what a lot of people have watched and the reason people watch Roman's run right now is because of the storyline. Outside of that, the matches are pretty mid Outside of SummerSlam versus Brock, I thought that was probably the best match of the run. Um, the opponents are, are you know, I mean, he's faced Seth, but that ended in a DQ finish. Um, he's beaten uh, Daniel Bryan and Edge at WrestleMania in that triple threat match. Um, and so, but I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, other than Brock, and those matches weren't good by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think you can... Right, if you remove the story of the bloodline from Roman's run right now, it's 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 not good. So I don't... What is making Roman Reigns where he's at to where I respect the run and where I will call this the greatest title run of this, of this era, if not of this century, if not of... Like, in the last 50 years, the greatest storyline run. The reason I'm calling it that is because of the story itself, not necessarily the title defenses or the actual run itself. It's the story continuing to evolve itself is what I'm drawn to um, with that story, right? And so... I don't want to take too long to re- continue to repeat. I, I'll answer the last question or last part of the question. I'm curious to know if you think when Roman does finally lose, is it going to be a crazier or similar to um, reaction to when the Undertaker lost? Um, I think that it will be a loud pop. The thing is with Ro- with Undertaker losing. I don't think anyone expected it to happen. So when it did happen, it I don't know if you guys remember watching that. It got deathly quiet. And I have a, a friend of a friend who was at WrestleMania 30. And it was his first WrestleMania. And he said that the crowd was hot all night. And when Undertaker lost you could hear a pin drop in the arena. It got deafeningly quiet. And I don't think we'll get that reaction when Roman loses. I don't think it's going to get quiet when Roman loses. When Roman loses the belt, first off, we have to put a caveat here. And this is sort of a rabbit hole in myself. This can't happen at any other event other than WrestleMania or SummerSlam. You can't have Roman lose on a random-ass pay-per-view in Saudi. You just can't have it happen. You can't have him lose 
at Survivor Series. You can't have him lose at Royal Rumble. It has to happen either at WrestleMania, which is my preferred location for it, because of how good the story is and the value of Roman Reigns in this run. You can't have a thousand plus day reign end at Money in the Bank. You can't, right? And, and, and even saying it can happen at SummerSlam feels like a stretch. Like, th- like this has to end at, at WrestleMania. Whether it's at WrestleMania in Philly or if they even do it a year after that, I think it's going to Minnesota the next year, if I remember reading correctly. Right? The point that I'm trying to say is you have to put this on a big event. Right, and when it does happen, I think the entire first off, whoever is going to beat him, this is my sort of warning to WWE. Whoever beats Roman Reigns, you have to make them the biggest baby face in the company before they beat Roman Reigns. Right, you have to give them on baby face level what Sami Zayn was at Elimination Chamber. You have to put them there. There has to be a storyline to where the crowd already loves this person. Right? They have to be the biggest baby face in the company before they beat Roman Reigns. Because if they're not, then eventually what's going to happen, they have to be a crowd favorite because what's going to happen is once you strip Roman out of the picture to where this person has to now you know, defend the title himself and he's not in the feud with Roman, this has to be a fan favorite so that he can continue to get cheered. Because here's what's going to happen. So, the, and, and this is what would have happened if Cody won at WrestleMania this year. right? And I've tried to explain this to people who continue to say, well, it's the biggest mistake that they didn't give the title to Cody. I need y'all to understand this. I, and if this doesn't apply to you, if you don't have this view, I'm not talking to you. But I'm talking to people who feel like Cody should have won at WrestleMania. I need y'all to understand this. Cody Rhodes was not being cheered because the fans liked him. Cody Rhodes was being cheered for the WrestleMania match because they hated Roman Reigns. And what would have happened if Cody won at WrestleMania is he would have come out, there would have been a honeymoon phase of him being champion and A month, two months down the line, when the fans get bored of his title run, they're going to want someone else to be champion. Now, if you build this storyline arc of Cody, you know, going through all these obstacles and he's now the crowd favorite, he's he's going through the beast and he goes through whatever comes through, whatever obstacles he has to come through to get to the championship... Right, and, and then you give the belt a year later at WrestleMania 40, and he wins, and he's a, the biggest babyface in the company before he wins. Now you get a reaction. Now they're going to hold on to that reaction for longer. Right, you can't just give someone who the crowd's only cheering for because they hate Roman Reigns. Right, that's the problem with facing Roman Reigns, is you're going to get a pop. But it doesn't mean that you're well-received. It just means we hate Roman Reigns, or or the majority of wrestling fans don't like Roman Reigns, therefore they're going to cheer for whoever they put against Roman Reigns, right? Um, now, I only see one justifi- justified ending to this story, and that is Jay Uso. I could also justify Solo. Um, but I believe 
rather than being quiet like the streak was, that the arena will blow the. It needs to happen in a a, a roofless arena. Because if it's not roofless and it happens in a domed arena, the roof will be blown the fuck off of the arena with the pop that will happen when Roman Reigns loses. I also need to understand, I make you guys understand, when Roman Reigns loses, there's two things that need to happen when Roman Reigns loses, in my opinion. The first thing is, this this is the biggest win of the decade. So it has to go on someone worthy of winning the match. Whoever beats Roman Reigns and ends this thousand-day run, it's almost been like 1,200 days since Roman's been pinned. It's been since 2019, December of 2019, since Roman Reigns was last pinned, much less champion, right? So, I mean, it's like 1,000 days since he's been champion, but it's been like 1,200 days since he's been pinned. So the first, the next person to pin Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring has to be deserving of it. It can't just be some random motherfucker. It has to be someone who could... That's why I believe it has to be Solo. As much as I want it to be Jay, it has to be Solo. Because Solo could sort of take that and that will be the rocket to push Solo to the top. He can be the next tribal chief. And you don't necessarily end the bloodline, you just remove Roman Reigns from the... Because number two, that happens when Roman Reigns loses, he can't come back. Because you don't come back... If you're Roman Reigns, and you just had a thousand-day reign, if thousand-day-plus reign, and then you lose, now you have no purpose here... Because Roman Reigns is at the point right now, if if he's wrestling, he has to be champion. There's nothing else you can do with Roman Reigns. He can't be in the mid-card. He is too much of a main event name at this point, and he costs too much, right? It's just like if if I pay you, you know, in sports, if I'm paying you um, $12 million to, to play, let's, let's go and play, uh, let's do hockey for, for an example, right? Um, if I'm paying you twelve, no one ever getting paid twelve million a year in hockey yet. Um, it uh, it will eventually, but if I'm paying you seven million dollars a year to play hockey at first line center, and you're not good enough to be on the main right, you're not going to the AHL, which is the minor league. If you don't pay attention to, to right, I'm not paying seven million dollars to put you in the minor leagues, in the developmental leagues, right? You're playing the most minutes. You're the top-line guy. And if you if you can't handle it, you're going to be removed from the team, right? Roman Reigns, you know, to follow the analogy, again, another poor analogy, um, but to follow the analogy, Roman Reigns is making way too much money to be a mid-carder. To be a guy that puts people over. Roman Reigns is... First off, Roman Reigns has put over more people in this run than anybody that I can remember in the longest time. He's put over Sammy, Kevin, the Usos, Solo, um, himself. Um, right? So many people have gotten over because of this title run. 
I don't understand the hate for Roman. That's just my the first point. But my point is, is Roman Reigns is not in a position to just continue to take L's, right? The next L he takes has to be, in my opinion, has to be his last match. Unless The Rock is the next match. Because here's how I see this playing out. This Or this is how I would do it, right? I would save it for WrestleMania in Philly, and I would put Roman versus Solo. So what that means is over the next four, what is it, six months to the end of the year, the next 10 months, over the next 10 months to WrestleMania 40, you have to slowly get us to Roman Reigns versus Solo Sokoa for, in the main event of WrestleMania in Philadelphia. And what I would do is I would have The Rock come out and distract Roman Reigns. And that is how Solo wins. It's a cheap way to win. It could keep Solo being the heel, right? And then it sets up The Rock versus Roman, which is the last match for both people. It's a retirement match for both of uh, both Roman and Rock. We'll never see any of them again in a, in a, in a match. And, and Roman can go and do his thing. Because Roman can't have another match that isn't marquee event once he loses the title, right? If, if, he, if he loses the title and then he wrestles the next pay-per-view, he's still going to be the main event because that's his caliber, right? And so it, it makes the title worthless if Roman continues the fight. So... The reaction that needs to happen, first off, the roof's going to be blown off the building, and then I think Roman disappears, right? Roman's next loss, I believe, will be his last ever loss because it will be his last ever match unless he faces Rock, and I think Roman beats The Rock. Um, The only reason you bring The Rock back is to just have the match. I don't see The Rock going over Roman, though, to be completely honest. Um... So there's that topic. We're going to end this real quick by talking about NXT. I love NXT. I've th- I've said that number a numerous amount of times. I don't even have words to describe how fucking good NXT is to me. I believe it is the best program on in wrestling, which many will say is sad because it's developmental. But here's what I love about this edition of uh, what we're getting on NXT right now. Is it's not developmental anymore. There's developmental talent, but they're treating the product as if it's... It's not a third brand, but it is in and of itself. What The way I'm actually really feeling is that WWE is trying to do the best it can to separate NXT... As its own product. Right? With with Raw and SmackDown, you sort of say, well, that's main roster. And then they try to push NXT not as developmental, but as its own product. But in the process, they're bringing down... Like, they have these free agents right now. Corbin, Mustafa Ali. And I'll tell you this. Corbin's promo on Wednesday... Excuse me, on Tuesday's um, edition of NXT to start the show was the best promo I've heard from Corbin since he was in NXT. Like, I think this is the best version of Corbin we've have gotten in years. And it's just amazing to me 
I don't know how involved Vince is in the creative process of NXT, but it, it feels like it's night and day. But it's also with NXT, you have the the entertainment side of right because Raw, right? People Raw ended Monday, and everyone's like, "Well, this is you know we had bangers of a match." I don't care about the matches. I really don't. The only time I watch a match and judge a match is or pay-per-views and like I was watching NXT and like I skipped Eddie Thorpe's match versus Damon Kemp because I care zero shits about either of them um I could have told you so if you don't know who Eddie Thorpe is if you've paid attention to New Japan or if you've paid attention to the indies he in that scene, he went by Carl Fredericks. And the only reason I know about him is because he was at one, the local show here in Charlotte um, before COVID happened, our local promotion, PWX, which hasn't run a show in like three years. It's, it's, it's actually quite sad. Um, and it's not been that long. It's, but I think 2021 was its, its last show. It's actually sad because I, I, I did enjoy going to those. But they... The, the PWX, they ran a event every January called the X-16, um, which is a tournament. It's basically like King of the Ring, but instead of, you know, being a crown and, and stuff like that, you became the number one contender. Um, so it sort of be, was like King of the Ring in tournament form, um, where the whole tournament was run in one night. And then a mixture of, like, Royal Rumble in terms of, like, what you won for winning the tournament. Um, and it led into their bigger, their like mania event, which I don't even remember what it's called anymore. But anyway, Carl Fredericks was one of these guys at these X-16. Because what they tend to do was they tend to get the guys who were mainstays to the roster. And then they would bring in like two or three guys who were like bigger names. Like Carl Fredericks was one. Uh, Matt Seidel was one the last year that I saw X-16. Um, actually the last X-16 that I went to, the winner was Harlem Bravado, also known as uh, Andre Chase from Chase U at NXT. Um, that is why, and this is, I'll say this, he is the reason that I loved Chase U from the beginning, that I cheered for it, but then watching it actually unfold, I've just grown to love Chase U, so I like Chase U. The Von Wagner segments we've been getting have been fucking perfection. The Tony D'Angelo drama where, like, they're acting, that is what I want to see. I don't want to see guys fucking fight for three hours. I don't. I don't want to see matches for three hours. I, If there's more than four matches on a, on a, on a card that's not a pay-per-view, I tune out. Because there's not that many storylines that I care about. But what I do care about is getting me to the point to care about the match that actually matters, which is the pay-per-view match. And I've always said this. If you ran a show on a week-to-week basis, Monday Night Raw, every Monday, and there was two matches and a shit ton of promo and story building and backstage segments and out of the arena segments and vignettes. And you just told a story as to why I should care about why these two are fighting in, in a month time or whatever. 
then it would make sense, and then I think I would pay attention more. But but when you when you put Monday Night Raw on and two and a half hours of of the show is just in the ring wrestling, I got bored watching Raw, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's the best Raw ever." And I was like, yeah, there were parts that were good. Like, Kevin Owens versus Gunther was was good. But I'm not going to say it's the best Raw of the year. But I don't even judge Raw and SmackDown that way, to be honest with you. I just, I want story. And NXT, to me, does gimmicks and storylines so much better than anything else in the in the business. It's insane how different Raw and SmackDown are from NXT in terms of gimmick and and uh, storyline. Right? Like, they did a, a vignette with Tony D'Angelo in jail, and it was fucking cinema. Or then they did, like, the comedy with... with Von Miller, uh, Von Miller, fuck, this ain't football. Von Wagner, uh, wrong Von. Von Wagner actually did used to play football. Cal Bloom, I think, is his name. Um, his, his real name. Um, right, but the comedy in Von Wagner's promo where he's at therapy and I'm not going to therapy. I'm. You see that guy? He just walked out of here and cried. There's no way I'm going in that room. And then the hot therapist comes out. Which I wasn't expecting at all. I should have been. We've seen these type of segments before. But I found that to be fucking hilarious. And and entertaining. And people will say it's elementary. But I guess I'm fucking elementary then. Because that is that is the most basic of of, of entertainment. And it, it that captivates an audience. It's funny, it's hilarious, right? And some people want wrestling to be this thing where, like, it has to be adult. And you can't target kids. It's stupid to target the kids. Do you not understand that if you get the kids to watch, and if you tell kids stories, I want to believe it was C.S. Lewis, who is quote or attributed to saying that essentially the best children's stories are stories that adults enjoy as well. If you can get the children to like it and then in the same way get the adults to, that take the children to like the show as well, you have an audience that is multi-generational. Right, and NXT is doing... These storylines that are fucking fantastic. Right? And and like the most simple of things. Like when when Nikita Lyons legitimately tore her ACL, they said instead of just removing her from the roster, you make a storyline out of it. And what's that storyline? Don't go into the fucking parking lot because you're gonna get fucking attacked. Right, and so it happened to, right. Anytime someone gets hurt now in real life in NXT, they get attacked in the fucking parking lot. Like if I was an NXT recruit, I'm having security with me when I'm walking into the building because I might fucking get attacked. Right, but now there's watch out for the parking lot 
fucking attack her, right? And then Sol Ruka literally tears her ACL. Instead of just writing one of your brightest stars out in some stupid way or not even mentioning that she's hurt, you have her get attacked on on the show. And you build a storyline and you reveal it to be Blair Davenport, which makes her now feel important and it builds rivalries when Sol Ruka comes back or when Nikita Lyons comes back they could go after Blair Davenport I think Roxanne Perez is going to be the first one based off of what happened during the battle royal right but there's storyline there and you give a reason right and now you can sort of build off of hey Nikita got attacked now we can build a storyline when she returns Right, it's just NXT is so far better in 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 product than anything in the business. I will stand by that statement a thousand percent. If 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 I'll say it this way, if the only if I could only choose one wrestling product a week to watch, I'm picking NXT. I connect more with those superstars. If you were to ask me my favorite wrestlers currently right now. Now, I also need y'all to understand, I don't have favorites. I think it's weird to have a favorite character in a movie or right or a favorite wrestler. I have people that I like and enjoy, but I don't have favorites. Right? But if I if you had to ask me like name me some of the people you like, I would have Roman Reigns, of course. I'd have Rhea Ripley on the list. I've really come around to start liking Dominic Mysterio, which a year ago was was not a possibility. I fucking despised him. Which, speaking of which, we're approaching a year of this podcast, so I want to, again, just thank everyone for listening. Right, but Rhea, Roman, Dominic. And then it would probably be a bunch of... NXT years. I love Tony D'Angelo, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Tiffany Stratton. Uh, pretty Deadly. They're now main roster, but Pretty Deadly I enjoy. Um, the Creeds, uh, Joe Gacy, and and Schism. Schism. That's like Schism. I enjoy them. Um, Chase U. Right, it's just, I uh, you know who I really like, it, which is surprising, is Nathan Walker. I think is his name. Is it Nathan Walker? I don't know. It, it, uh, it's Nathan something. Walker doesn't sound right. That sound. I know it's Hank Walker and Tank. Uh, Ledger, I think, is... I love them. I love Fallon Henley. I love Kiana James. I like uh, Briggs and Jensen. It, Nathan Frazier. That's who it is. Nathan Frazier. Um, I'm, I typically don't like that, type, that, that style of wrestling, the sort of super high spot, but Nathan Frazier is hilarious. His little talk show he does is hilarious. Um... Grayson Waller's on the list. He used to be in NXT year up until here recently, right? So, so every if my favorites in not just in WWE but in the business 
are on NXT. And I, I just enjoy the product so much more than suffering through three hours of a Raw and outside of the bloodline on SmackDown, I'm just not interested in anything. Because the type of fan that I am, I need you need to tell me a story. You need to get me involved in the story. I don't care about the matches. I don't. They're not important. They're props to push a story. And that's going to p- piss some people off. But I don't care. right? I had an argument the other day about... The titles being props to push storyline. And someone was like, do you not understand how disrespectful it it is to the guys who had to earn their place to get that title? Look, no one, I didn't say they didn't work hard. I just said the title, they didn't actually win. They earned a spot to be written in as champion. Right? But but hard work isn't the only way to become a champion. If you can draw money, I'm putting the belt on you. Because that is what what that's how you run a business. Right? So the last thing I'll talk about cuz I just remembered this. On SmackDown they debuted Roman Reigns' new title, the Undisputed Universal Championship. Or pretty sure it's the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Now, I'm probably in the minority, but I love this design. It's simple. It's corporate. It, it keeps with the design we knew they were going to keep, and I think it makes it better. I love the black on, on the logo. I love it a little bit less when I realized it was not a black logo, but rather black jewels placed on the logo. I think you could have made a black logo by itself instead of putting the jewels on it. But I still think it's a very good-looking title belt. Um, I like the gold. I know a lot of people say it looks like mustard. Uh, I don't necessarily care about that. I also don't agree with the, the, the comparison. It doesn't look like mustard to me. Um, but I I think... I think the same way it took me to get a few weeks to get accustomed to the new World Heavyweight Championship, I think it's going to take some time for people to get accustomed to this new belt design. I love it. Um, I wish the title, the replicas weren't so fucking expensive because I would get one. Without a doubt, I would get one. Um... But with that, that's this this week's episode. It's a bit of a longer one. Let me know what you guys think about everything that we discussed. Again, you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Wee2Deep413, W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. Thank you all for listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Please join the Discord. Again, you can go to the Casual Community YouTube page. Subscribe there. Uh, In the links of his videos, he has the link to the Discord. Join the conversation. Leave your thoughts. Post what if you there's things you want me to discuss. That's how you can you know post ideas. We would love to have you join the conversation. Until then, we will see you on the next episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling Podcast.